You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Tell the tackle, the defensive end, if he's over, if he's not, you drive down the first man who is inside. What's up, gang? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. Doing kind of a, a little surprise stream today. Um, you know, had a little bit of time, a little bit of free time this morning. Got the pups settled in. I know here at the at the Bailey Ranch, we're battling COVID. So we've got a, uh, uh, a sick house full, right? And um, hopefully the voice will hold up. But what I thought we would do today is kind of go back in time to last year's game between the Packers and the Bears. You know, there's many, many previews that are happening right now on a lot of different YouTube channels, across social media, people kind of giving their predictions, you know, uh, as far as score, stats, fantasy, all that. What I thought we would do is go back to last year's final meeting between the Bears and the Packers and uh, and kind of break down what went right, what went wrong, and, you know, of course, how the score ended up the way it was. I don't want to get too far into the weeds as far as details of here's exactly when this play happened, like I do when we do chalk talks, talking about the the specifics and kind of the key moments in the game. But I broke it down from a perspective of, OK, here's a couple of offensive plays that the Bears had that were explosive plays and, and, and then, you know, some that we capitalize on mistakes by Justin Fields. Right. Um, and then I've also got some from green Bay's offensive perspective. And really the goal here, <clears throat> it isn't to try to compare Aaron Rodgers to Jordan love. It isn't to try to compare um, how things might go this year, as opposed to last year, as much as it is. Okay. Why did they attack the bears the way they did? Right. And, and of course with the outcome, you're going to learn a lot about the, the pre-snap motion, in this episode and how that really put the bears in vulnerable situations. Now that doesn't mean we're going to do it this year, right? It doesn't mean we're going to do this, this, this Sunday. And what I mean by that is 
they're going back and watching the tape from the two meetings last year, just like the Packers are going back and watching the tape from the two meetings last year. And typically that's why it's so hard for a team to beat the same team twice. And in some cases you meet them in the playoffs and it's almost impossible to beat them that third time is because you have the game tape of what went right. And, you know, typically with a team and a coaching staff at any level, whether it's high school, college or pro, definitely more so pro than, than the, uh, the previous uh, two, you know, what will happen is, as they go in and look at the tape, they have to make a decision. Hey, this worked really well last time, but they're looking for it now, right? So with the opposing team looking for exactly the way you attacked on the the, the meeting before, the two meetings before, the four-game saturation of your most recent games, that will now determine how the defense will attack that offense. So you get into this little chess match early on, and it's why I really like to key in on the openers, typically when I do chalk talk segments, because we know the openers – are the absolute closest reflection of the game plan the coaches put in place. And when you really begin to understand the game plan on the front side, you now understand, okay, you're kind of in the coaching staff's mind of here's what they've seen against that defense. Here's what they wanted to attack. Okay. So again, we're going to try to make this as quick as possible, but I just want to kind of break it down from a tape standpoint and talk about that last meeting between the bears and the Packers, rather than just get on here and go, Hey, look, I think so-and-so is going to have 50 receiving yards or whatever. We may do a little bit of that tonight when we go live for Packers total access live, but right here, we're just going to kind of break down the tape. So I'm going to go ahead and share the screen here. <clears throat> and again, excuse me for clearing my throat. If the, if the voice goes, we'll wrap it up early. Um, we've already got some folks here in the chat, Red Mo in the chat, Mike Ebring and uh, Dakota. Chalk talk time. That's right, Dakota. We're going to nerd out here for a minute. We'll lose half the audience, but that's okay. The nerds will be uh, the ones standing strong here, right? And let's see what Mike says real quick before we get started. Mike said, Packers had roughly 360 yards rushing in two meetings last year. I see no reason not to continue to run the damn ball. 32 carries or more for Jones and Dylan, they will win. That seems to be the popular game plan for sure. Now, like I had mentioned, Mike, if the Bears – if the Bears attack this game or approach this game from a defensive standpoint the same way they did last year, in the same way that Eberflus typically does, he's kind of a bend but don't break. And he doesn't come up with uh, very extreme game plans. You know, most of the time he kind of sticks to his guns and says, okay, we're gonna we're gonna make them nickel and dime us and and beat us, you know, beat us in the long game as opposed to, you know, the big explosive plays. So uh it's all gonna come down to how they you know, do they adjust? Do they load the box? What I don't want to see happen, Mike, is if they load the box and we just keep slamming our head against the wall for three yards, three yards, three yards punt, right? And I'm not suggesting that's what you're saying, but those are the things that kind of come into play. The outside RPO game may come into effect, the play-action boot game, all those things. But let's do this. Let's go ahead and go to the tape here. Again, appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on this Saturday morning. I know we got some college football about to kick off, so I'm going to try to get this in very, very quick. So this first play I'm going to outline. <clears throat> Again, this is the uh, the read option play that I've talked about so much in the offseason. You know, basically 14 points that the Chicago Bears scored came off of this play and an explosive play that set up a touchdown run, which the explosive play I don't have in here was a deep pass to J on Jair Alexander where he bit underneath and did not stay schematically sound. So, again, that's why I came away from this game when, when most people were, were clamoring for uh, Joe Barry to be fired. I just didn't see it that way. I've seen the players make a mistake. So, basically, Chicago comes out here in an 11-gun, doubles off, strong left, T-weak, zone left read, and it's basically a read option. Some people refer to it as zone read. I've always called it a read option because it is an option play for the quarterback, all right? So, first of all, 11-gun, right? You've got your uh, strong left, so there's your tight end. One running back, one tight end. That's why it's 11. Obviously, we're in the gun set. 
strong left on the on the left side. T weak simply means the running back is on the opposite side of the tight end, right? And this is going to be a zone left read. Okay. Now some people would say, Clayton, this 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 play went to the right, right? But it's set up to have a zone left approach. Now, what's crazy is they actually pulled a guard as well. So this is typically called zone read, but it's almost like they've gotten a little bit fancy and pulling the guard on the strong side to the weak side. It's like they were trying to, to run a little bit of a, a little bit of game there um, in the middle of the offensive line. And maybe they're trying to spring it. I wouldn't refer to this as duo. It would probably be, um, it would even be called counter. I don't think it would be called power because typically power, the way that works is you're pulling from the weak side to the strong side. Although I have heard some people refer to power as from the strong side pulling to the weak side, but it's, it's a very unique look. They're trying to get the Packers a little confused here and, and really it works, but at the same time, it's uh you're talking about bad execution is the reason this play happened. Okay. So let's, let's talk about what the play design is, is designed to do. Okay. So they're going to run a zone. Okay. A, a, uh, a zone left read. So essentially what's going to happen is right here, Justin Fields is going to put the ball into the belly of the running back. Okay. And he's going to decide, do I let the running back take it or do I keep it and come around the edge here? Okay. Come out here on a read option. So the running back's going in motion here. You're going to notice, I think it's this lineman here that kind of pulls inside and tries to seal off the backside. Okay. So with these type of plays, what you really want to key in on is this offensive lineman right here is going to allow Kingsley and Igbari to come free. What they want him to do is make a decision. He's either going to stand up straight, kind of strafe, and then he's going to decide, okay, uh, I'm going to stay with the, uh, the quarterback or I'm going to go after the running back. He chooses to go after the running back. OK, so from a quarterback's perspective, if this guy crashes in on the run, right, as they hand the ball off here to the running back or fake the handoff, then what Justin Fields is going to do is swing out here. OK, so he's reading. It's really, really simple. The offense is simply reading this edge defender here. OK, if he crashes, he's keeping the ball and coming outside. Now, what's cool is, again, when I seen this play <clears throat> and I did the chalk talk segment um, with it, what I immediately said was this was an absolutely perfect play call by Joe Barry. I mean, perfect play call. You couldn't have called a better play to defend this. And, and I got roasted for it when, when I said that. And I'm going to explain to you what that means, why, why I said that. We're going to try to keep the defense in a red if I can remember to. You have a nickel blitz here, okay? So basically Keyshawn Nixon's uh, – his, his scheme assignment here is to blitz the quarterback, Right. Guys, you can't think of a better situation, a better scenario to stop a zone read than blitzing the nickel off of that side and him being a free runner. Like it's that's just the perfect storm. So the fact that Kingsley and Ibarre crashes in, I'm, I know why he crashed in and completely committed to the running back. It's real simple. He's trying to set up Justin Fields. He's trying to set up Justin Fields to keep the ball because he knows Key is firing off the edge. Okay, so from that approach, you think okay. Yes, Keyshawn should be able to make that tackle, but first and foremost, you do not want uh, Justin Fields to get outside. So Keyshawn doesn't play it horrible. We're going to roll the tape here at 50%. Again, watch Keyshawn, and I apologize for the glitch in the film. NFL.com, huge, huge business organization. And, you know, through Game Pass, this is the All-22, and they can't they can't get an All-22 film without a glitch, and it. it's just beyond me. There's nothing I can do about it. Just uh, kind of bear with it there. Hopefully you guys don't have seizures because I'm telling you, it was hurting my eyes, and I do not have seizures. So here we go. Watch Kingsley and Ibarre. You see him. He's going to crash inside, right? Now you see the pulling offensive line. Look at Keyshawn here, right? Look at Keyshawn Nixon. He has got a free run, okay? 
Kingsley is keyed in right here. Now, granted, you've got a, 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 a offensive lineman that's kind of pulling towards him. Okay. Notice the other guys, the tackle that was over Kingsley is getting to the next level, right? He has no concern whatsoever for uh, our boy Kingsley and Ibarra. Okay. So Justin Fields is going to keep this ball. Watch Keyshawn Nixon. Perfect position. Now, this is why I say I think Keyshawn played it pretty good. Keyshawn gets outside. What your your top priority if you're Keyshawn Nixon is you're kind of that force defender. You're 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 setting the edge as a corner. You do not let him get out here. Okay. You create that barrier. And he does a good job of that. But Justin Fields being the great athlete that he is, foot in the ground, and Keyshawn can't bring him down, right? One missed tackle. Now, here's something I really want you to key in on here. Look at this defender right here. And I think it's Quay Walker. We're gonna we're gonna walk back and look at it again here in a minute. Look at Quay. His back is completely to the ball. And I heard people, and this this drove me absolutely insane. We had some of the, the gurus on Twitter saying, no, he was gap sound. He that he covered his I'm, I'm sure he was in his gap, but you're not gonna convince me that it's a good thing that a defender has his back to the ball. Look at this. So he gets a free run, right? Now, right here, you got another defender. He's kind of sealing the outside. He's trying to keep him in, right? But we're expecting these guys to be backside pursuing, right? Fighting through blocks. You've got a safety here coming down. Like, if you were to show me this shot right here, first of all, I don't like this look. <laughs> Keyshawn on the ground, right? But I would say, oh, yeah, they've got him hemmed up. This is pretty good technique. You're sealing the outside. you got a free runner. you got a guy right here. But the problem is his back was turned. It's just now computing in Quay Walker's mind that, oh, crap, Justin Fields has the ball, right? And you'll watch how late he is to it. Of course, the safety gets pulled outside. Quay's late to the play, and Justin Fields is off to the races, right? So, again, I do not put that on the defensive scheme. You couldn't have schemed it up any better. It was just bad execution, plain and simple. And it was bad execution. I believe that was Adrian Amos was the safety. You had Keyshawn Nixon missing the tackle. You had Quay Walker. Watch Quay Walker right here on this angle. This is a good copy right here again. Watch Quay Walker, number seven. And you guys know I love Quay Walker. And, again, this was his rookie year, man. The dude had that many tackles and was in on so many plays and forcing fumbles and turnovers that I think he had a solid rookie year. But these are the things that, you know, people look at the statistics and then they turn around and they look at the PFF grade and go, PFF doesn't know what they're talking about. This is what PFF's seen. There's no way this guy's going to get a neutral grade, much less a positive grade on this play. But, again, what you're going to see here is Enigbare crashing on the running back. You'll see Key coming off. The, uh, the edge, Fields is looking. You'll see Fields is going to be reading this guy right here. I mean, you can basically see he's got his eyes on Kingsley and Ibarra. He's looking right here, going, okay, there's my read, right? Let's roll it forward. I want you to key in on Quay, though. Focus on Quay, all right? Here's the snap. There's the read. See, he sees him crash, so he keeps the ball. There's Key, sets him up outside, foot in the ground. I'm telling you, boys, Justin Fields is one hell of a runner. Now, I know we like to bash him for his quarterback and skills, and we're going to have plenty of opportunities to do that here in a second. But you cannot you cannot deny the fact that that guy can run with the football. I mean, that is – his burst, big, strong dude. That was Rudy that got pulled in. My bad. And, and I'm sorry. It was Rudy out here. And then, of course, you had uh, our boy uh, Adrian Amos. He's the one who's going to uh, going to kind of play patty kick out. Like, he needs to attack right there. You've got your outside seal, right? Key did his job keeping him contained. You have to – get up in that freaking gap and attack Justin Fields there. And that's another reason that Adrian Amos had such a bad grade last year. So you see, he's just kind of playing patty cake. Now, that could have been a block in the back, right? Didn't get called. It is what it is. But look at Quay. Like, Quay, you've got to attack there. If we rolled it back just a touch, right? Look at Quay. 
right here, this is what I'm talking about. Look how his back is turned to the ball. He has no idea what's going on, right? Right here, you have got to sprint. He finally finds him, and it's too late, right? So just it was literally four negatives, four negative marks on players on that play, and it darn sure wasn't the scheme, okay? But I point that out because, you know, yes, Justin Fields is a great athlete, but the only reason they scored those seven points is because the Packers played horrible when it comes to being schematically sound, right? Or really, it's just execution. They were kind of in the spot, but they weren't aggressive enough. And, of course, Joe Joe Barry will get blamed for that. Now, let's talk about this play here. This is uh, a little later in the game. This is actually – I'm going to stick with their offensive plays because I wanted to break them down before I get into our offensive plays. So this is one of the interceptions. I believe this is the Jair Alexander uh, interception. Let's talk about what the play call is on offense, okay? So on the offensive side of the ball, they're going to come out in an 11-gun nasty, strong left, slot tight, T-weak play action, curl flat, T-stab. Let's talk about what all that means really, really quick. Um, so you, first of all, you've got your 11, okay, which is one running back, one tight end, okay. You've got slot tight. See how he's tight to the line of scrimmage? And the reason I'm, I'm feeling really, really confident that it is 11 and not 12 because it's kind of hard to see the numbers here, and he does look like a big receiver, is because we're in our nickel 245. We're not in our 34 front, right? And this is a, you know, a play that I feel like they would have been in that. So now let's talk about the, uh, uh, of course, T-week, opposite side of the tight end. You guys know that. We're going to run a play action. You guys know what that is, a play fake. We're going curl flat, okay? So on this side over here, basically it's going to be a curl – and they're going to run a flat underneath, okay? So you got your curl flat, and then you've got curl flat on this side, all right? And then you got T-stab, where he's just going to come out here. That's called a stab route from the running back, okay? So that's what they're going to run. Here's what Green Bay counters with, all right? Green Bay comes back with a nickel 2-4-5. Again, that simply means two down linemen, right? you got four linebackers, and you got your five DBs, right? So what is the play call here? Spinner. Three mod is what this is called, okay? So it's basically a cover three defense. Notice how we're showing two on the shelf, though. If you see the safeties up here, right, you got the two safeties on the shelf. So you're showing a cover four look. You're showing a shell look. And when the ball is snapped, what you're going to see is spinner simply means one of these safeties is going to spin underneath, and they're going to play cover three zone, okay? So spinner three mod. This guy's going to be the spinner, so he's going to drop down in, in underneath zone. These guys are dropping. So you've got four zones underneath, all right? And then you've got cover three, which is – that's the three. So deep, 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 right? There's your cover three. So it's spinner three mod. What does mod mean? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to clear it off here, okay? Mod simply means man on demand, okay? What it means is these two corners, Jair Alexander, and I believe that's Rasul Douglas. I, it's it's kind of hard to tell. Rasul might have missed some action in this game, but – they're going to play what we call mod, which is man on demand. This is a zone match defense, okay? And this is what we talk about with the Fangio style where you're playing a technical zone defense with man principles. There's going to be a, a cutoff up here, and we don't know what the cutoff is. We don't know what the call is here, okay? I was listening to a podcast the other day where a college coach said they have 10 different cover three zone plays, okay? So, and what what differentiates between the between all 10 of them, right, and the cover three? It could be the, the spinner is the strong safety. It could be the spinner is the weak safety, right, or the free safety, rather. It could be that you're playing cloud as opposed to, as opposed to buzz, or, or you're playing a little bit of sync. You're playing a little bit of mixed man match. There's, there's a number of different ways that you can 
differentiate between the uh, the different cover threes. But this is mod, and what it means is man on demand. We don't know what the call was, but at some point in this route, this becomes man coverage on the outside. Okay, even though they have their top priority is deep, deep thirds, right? Because it's a cover three zone, but it's zone match. So what that means is. When they reach a certain threshold, let's say that the call is spinner three mod seven yard thresh, right? Or let's say five yard thresh. Okay. That means when the receiver breaks this mark right here, and keep in mind, there could be different rules on both sides of the field. It might be different rules for Jair. It might be different rules up here, but they're definitely in mod. Okay. So once that, that receiver, once he breaks that barrier, okay, of that five yard mark, no matter what his route is, this now becomes man coverage, okay? That's what mod means, man on demand. But again, that threshold, it could be the seven-yard mark, right? It could be the, you know, whatever, 10-yard, 15-yard mark. They've got different rules with different mod coverages. But again, it's spinner three mod, okay? And there's going to be four, what I call four drop, okay? It's almost like it, it almost looks like a country quarters underneath. But basically what you've got underneath with these, this guy's going to be coming in. He's going to be covering a zone, right? This guy's dropping back. He's covering a zone. So you've got four zones playing mid-zone. So you're taking away the middle of the field from Justin Fields. Another thing I want you to key in on is look at these wide edges and how they rush way out here, right? And that's what we call a contain rush. They, If anything, they want Fields to have to bust up through the middle of the pocket into the heart of those four zones if he decides to run, right? But let's key in on this real quick. Jair Alexander at the bottom, I want you to watch him the whole way. Okay, let's roll the tape. You'll see he's kind of playing off there. Again, we've already heard it wasn't Joe Barry telling him to play off. I know he got crucified for it last year. They said Jair has the freedom to line up where he wants. He likes to play further off. He This year they've been working with and trying to convince him to play closer to the line of scrimmage this year. So let's watch it. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. 
So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Look at Jair backpedaling. He knows, okay, he's already at that mark, most likely that threshold that it's man coverage. You can see that because look at Soul up top too. Soul's playing man coverage now too. So that's the zone match mod effect, all right? Now right here, he's reading fields. Look at Jair at the bottom. Keep your eyes on Jair. He's going to jump this route, okay? Look at Fields going to turn it loose, and look at Jair's just waiting in the wings. That's the beautiful thing about this coverage, guys, is the quarterback, if you rolled it back, and I, I want you guys to see him jump this, first of all. It's not a bad throw. It's all about the timing. That's what we've seen all year long. But, again, when it comes to this coverage, what makes it so valuable is the quarterback, if if the corners don't even know what defense they're in yet because they don't know if this guy, if, he, if he's going to run a little, you know, a little route underneath, then guess what? That's not man coverage anymore. That means Jair's just dropping back in coverage. If Jair doesn't even know what the defense is yet, how in the heck can the quarterback, right? He can. That's the beautiful thing about this coverage. And Nick Saban has darn near perfected it in Alabama with a cover seven look. We won't get into that. But I mention it all the time because he's just done a phenomenal job and sort of has all the coaches that's come out of Alabama. So, all right, as we roll it forward here, obviously Jair's just reading the quarterback. Bang, he jumps the route, picks it off. Those are the things you want to see from Justin Fields. You want to make him play quarterback. And, again, I apologize for the tape glitch, and it's the all-22 sideline that's doing it. So nothing I can do about it. They just had a bad copy. All right, let's look at the front here, okay? And and this is another thing that gets me excited. You know, obviously that's Kenny Clark on this side right here, okay? You got Kenny Clark right here. He is lined up in what we would call – most people would call that a two-eye. I'm totally cool with calling it a one-technique. Basically, if he's lined up over the center, that would be zero. If he's lined up over the guard, that would be two. In the middle of the gap is a one technique. Some people say that's a two-eye because he's on the inside shoulder of the offensive lineman. I don't get too caught up in that, all right? Now, on the other side, you've got Jaron Reed. Guys, Jaron Reed was not a good defensive lineman last year. That's what excites me about this defense this year. You've got Devontae Wyatt. You've got TJ Slayton, who just played lots out in the preseason. Looks absolutely phenomenal. Right. You've also got a couple of the rookies, Carl Brooks, Colby Wooden, that can kind of step in in a pinch. Right. You've got Lucas Van Ness that can play inside if they choose to do so. OK, but um, Jaron Reed, no matter who's on the field in Jaron Reed's spot this weekend, that's an upgrade from last year, in my humble opinion. All right. So he's going to be lined up. Jaron is lined up in what we would call a four eye or a three tech. OK, so he's in between the guard and the tackle. He's kind of on the inside shoulder of the tackle. All right. Now, when you heard me talk all year long about the importance of having a three technique. I didn't just come up with that on my own. That's Michael Lombardi that said that. Michael Lombardi is talking about every team thinks they have a three and they don't have a three. A three technique is just as important as the edge now, right? It's just as important as the edge so you can push that pocket. And he's, he's basically our three technique on this play. Think about that. Now, this year what you're going to see, in my opinion, is right here where Kenny's at, I think that's going to be TJ Slayton in our nickel, and that's going to be Kenny Clark in our nickel. I believe that. Now, if TJ Slayton needs a break because they're running a lot of 12 or 21 personnel and keeping our base defense on the field and he's playing that big nose look, right, then 
you'll what you'll probably have is Kenny in this spot right here, and then you'll probably have Devontae Wyatt there. I think that's a tremendous upgrade over Jaron Reed, and I think the more snaps we see, we will that will be a noticeable upgrade this year based off of the last five games of the season that I watched, that five-game saturation. I feel like Devontae Wyatt really turned it on. I really do. So, all right, with that being said, let's roll the tape. Watch these, watch these wide edges out here, right, the, the wide edges I was talking about. Watch what they do. They're going to try to get – see how they get outside. They're looking to play a little more contained. See how they're kind of – they're not really going after the quarterback. They want to keep him in the pocket. And that's what you want with Justin Fields. Now, Jaron Reed got a pretty decent push there, right? You can see Fields didn't have a, a completely clean pocket, but he did have a throwing lane to throw this ball. He was just late getting it out there. So, in my opinion – on this specific play, the reason we got an interception, we played it safe, which people don't like about Joe Barry, right? We tried to keep everything in front of us. We tried to play contain rather than pinning our ears back like most people want us to do, right? It's, it's about playing conservative, in my opinion. That's what's going to keep you in ball games. And uh, the other thing was Justin Fields was not on time. Now, the, the great news for Packer fans, and again, it's just preseason. We don't know um, how the, how the season's going to unfold, but – what we've seen in the preseason, what we've heard Kurt Warner, what we've heard J.T. O'Sullivan, uh, first ballot Hall of Famer in Kurt Warner, former NFL quarterback in J.T. O'Sullivan, uh, great college quarterback in J.T. O'Sullivan, have both uh, specifically and consistently said watching Justin Fields' preseason tape is he is not on time. He is late to the read. That's why he threw that pick to Jair Alexander. Okay. Now, let's go to the next play. Again, this is another throw by Justin Fields. All right. So, Basically, Chicago is going to come out in 11-gun empty, nub left, bunch nasty, T-flex, crosser mesh, 771, corner flat seven, okay? And I put that in parentheses because I would call it a 771. Some people would call this a corner, a double corner flat seven, right? And we'll talk about what all of that means, but uh, let's kind of look at it here. Obviously, 11-gun empty. You've got one running back, one tight end. There's your uh, tight end. He's a, a nub left. Now, when you say 11-gun empty, that means the backfield is empty. The running back is flexed out. I'm pretty sure this is the running back here, but it is kind of hard to tell. That may be your running back there as well. And, again, I'm almost positive they are in an 11 personnel as opposed to a 12 or a 20 personnel simply because we are still in our nickel defense, right? And this is a short down yardage play, if I remember correctly. I believe if you look close, you can see the sticks right here. So they – uh. You know, as, as you can see the sticks there, they're coming out here. This could have been a uh, to-go play. I didn't look at the uh, the TV copy to to determine that. It really doesn't matter. But what they did was they they tried to get us to focus on the run, and now they're flexed out, okay? Now, what does nub left mean? Nub left is real simple. It's a nub tight end. He's the only person on that line of the scrimmage. Um, sometimes uh, people don't refer to nub. Uh, as nub, if they're not attached, I do regardless if the tight end is, you know, within a, a two-yard split of the tackle. So we're going to go nub left, bunch nasty, T-flex. What does bunch nasty mean? We've talked about bunch nasty, and I know that uh, um, Tim gets excited about it. It's probably one of the coolest names ever, right? But the reason we call this bunch nasty, in my opinion, is because you've got, you know, your T is flexed out here, but these guys are lined up inside the numbers, even the nub, right? So when you say T-flex, Crosser mesh, all right, what you're looking to do here is with crosser mesh, you've got a crosser and a crosser, and they're looking to mesh right here, okay? They're looking to have defenders rub, all right? So the 771, let's talk about what that is, the 771 flat, okay? Actually, I got that wrong. Let me uh, let me take that back here. I apologize. I highlighted the wrong one. Here is your mesh, 
Okay. And then right here, you've got 771. A seven route is a corner route, right? 770. And then you've got your one, which is just going to be a flat. Okay. He's going to kind of jab inside and run a flat. Now, some people, like I said, would call this corner flat seven. When you hear flat seven, this concept right here is a flat seven. Okay. Basically, corner and then a flat underneath it. That's called a flat seven. You add in a second corner. You could say corner, corner, flat seven, or you could say 771. I prefer 771. All right, let's roll the tape. I want you to watch Justin Fields. Watch the edge rushers too. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me go back. We need to go back and talk about the defense that we're in. I apologize. I got ahead of myself. We're in nickel two, four, five quarters zone match. Okay. And you guys pretty much know what that means. You got the two safeties on the shelf. It's going to be quarters, quarters. This is quarters, but it's zone match, meaning they are in a little bit of mod. They're looking to match anyone who enters their zone. You'll notice Jair kind of stays in shallow because there's no immediate threat to the deep quarter on his side, so he's just going to kind of play down underneath a little bit. And right here, the guy up top, what you're going to be looking for here is he's reading this receiver right here, okay? And he's reading anything underneath as well. Remember what uh, the uh, – what Coach Haddad said, when you're in zone match, it's if and then. If they do this, then I do that. If someone attacks the flat down here, right, then I break in on the flat because we know we've got help up top in this quarter's look, okay? So he's going to fade back, and then he's really reading the quarterback. You could tell that his top priority is playing back, but when the quarterback goes to throw the ball and he sees the flat underneath, he kind of drives down on the flat. So let's watch it unfold here real quick. There's a snap. There you see the two corners. There's the jab inside. He's going to flatten it off outside right here. Justin Fields has this play, guys. He has it. And he actually had it a frame before. This is what's crazy. I want you to really, really key in on the corner up here, okay? Justin Fields right here, when he goes flat-footed there, when he's flat-footed there, Justin Fields needs to fire this freaking ball right there. You've got the window. That's as open as it gets. That is as open as it gets right there. And it's, again, it's just another example of how Justin Fields, right? How Justin Fields is not playing on time. And again, he can fix that this year. I'm not, you know, there's a lot of Packers fans who are going, oh, we're going to destroy the Bears. And, and, and I, I, I love following along the conversation. It's hilarious. Guys, any team can beat any team on any given Sunday. It's funny. I've spoken to several media members in the Chicago area, and guess what they're saying? Man, Bears fans are really nervous about this game. They don't know. They don't know what to expect, right? So you're getting you get extremes on both sides, and and as Packer fans, we want to take the extreme. Bears fans go, oh, no, they've been expecting to win the whole year. That's been the majority of my experience. But when I talk to the media members, they're going, no, the logical fans are nervous about this game. I think the logical Packer fans, I wouldn't say are nervous, but they're also hesitant as well. Like, hey, look, the Bears were arguably the worst team in the league last year, but that doesn't mean anything. This is a brand new season, right? And they, they did upgrade the linebacker position and and obviously a couple other spots as well with D.J. Moore. Whether you think D.J. Moore is a top-10 wide receiver or not, I personally don't. He's still an upgrade over what they had. And any Packer fans who pretends like they didn't upgrade that position and pretends like they didn't upgrade the linebacker position, you're kidding yourselves. You really are. And, again, if you see it, you got to say it. That's the way I see it. I'm not saying I'm right and other people are wrong. That's just simply how I see it. And I feel like they're, uh, you know uh, – they're, they're improved from last year. It doesn't mean they're a better team, a better roster than the Packers, but they are improved from last year. But, again, Fields, if he fires this ball, you've got it right there, guys. That play is there. I mean, you see. You can see his 
receiver right here, right? And again, how do I know that? Because look at the defender, flat-footed, already driving on the flat underneath, right? But why why did they not make the play? Because he's late making the pass. We're going to roll it forward. Look, see how he's hesitant? Now he's going to fire it, but guess what? Now it's too late. Now it's too late because guess what you got? You got Keyshawn Nixon reading you like a book, bro. Like his eyes are right here, and he's already taken a, a step and a half towards this throw, and you're just now letting it go. And I want you to watch Keyshawn Nixon's ball skills. Watch him close on this, guys. Bang. Beautiful interception. So, again, if I were to write down keynotes from that play, what would it be? It would be that Justin Fields is not playing within the structure of the offense on time. Here we got the camera glitching again. I apologize, gang. But there you can see the wide the wide rushers, right? And they're, they're actually playing a, a little uh, double four look right here. I do want to highlight this because we some people refer to this as tight, both in the 34 and in the nickel. But notice how they're head up on the tackles. That's a double four technique, four technique, four technique, and then you got your wide nines right here, right? What does that do? That that really puts mental stress on this center right here. Who's he blocking, right? The 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 goal of a five man protection, if you're only bringing four, is to at least double team one guy, right? And look how difficult it is for him to double team somebody, right? And now, of course, you look to the left, and guess what you got? You've got two guys who aren't blocking anyone. That's why that forty four. Tech is so important. That four tech, four tech from your nickel defensive lineman is so important. These guys are not blocking anyone, right? Now, again, look how wide the rush is. I really want you to key in on this. Notice how they're rushing wide, right? That deters Justin Fields from getting out here and scrambling, right? And that's very, very important, very important. So wanted to kind of highlight that. Again, Justin Fields right here, the ball should be coming out. The ball should be coming out right now. He should step into this throw and turn that thing loose. But again, He's, he's hesitant. He's playing off time. He little hitch, then steps up, then throws it late. Picked off by Keyshawn Nixon. Beautiful play. Beautiful play. And that sealed the game. I believe, I'm pretty sure that, that, that pretty much sealed the game, if I remember correctly, okay? So, again, Justin Fields, he could change this year, right? Um, there's the – yeah, the very next play was the victory formation, so that was true. Um, so, he could improve this year, but – we haven't seen it in the preseason. Maybe they're holding back. Maybe he was sandbagging. I don't know. I have a hard time believing it, but we're going to find out on Sunday. I know that. I'm excited about it. All right. Here's the Packers offensive side of the ball. Okay. First of all, let me do this real quick. Let me let me take a, a quick uh, – I want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsor. I'm trying to get better at this. You guys know – you hear my accent, you know how unprofessional I am. But I just want to say uh, thank you, and the, uh, the show today is sponsored by Old Southern Barbecue Smokehouse in Rice Lake. Hudson, Arden Hills, Minneapolis, and Shakopee. They got five locations. Guys, if you're anywhere in the area and you want great barbecue, make sure you swing by and check them out. If you're looking to host Packer parties, uh, you know, it, it could be, you know, your Thursday night games, your Sunday night games, even if it isn't the Packers, and you're looking to have people over, right? Um, definitely check them out because they do catering as well. They got awesome brisket, they got awesome rib, they got everything you can have catered in. Great sides like cornbread muffins, um, which I've heard are absolutely phenomenal. And uh, then you've also got, you know, just just a, a multitude of sides where you can have them come in and take care of the cooking for you. Now, if you're like me and you're at a distance and you love grilling, you love smoking, right? Smoking meats, you knuckleheads, smoking meats. Then go check out 
www.oldsouthernbarbecue.com. They've got awesome rib rubs, uh, brisket rubs. They've also got four different sauces that are absolutely phenomenal. Two of my favorite are definitely the uh, Chicago Fire, right, because I like stuff spicy. And then, of course, you got the Southern Gal Sweet Brown Sugar, uh, just a, a little bit sweeter flavor. Now, for our PackerNet listeners, if you go your first purchase and type in PackerNet15 in the promo code section, capital P, Packer, capital N, Net, one five, no, no spaces that will get you 15% off your order. Okay. So make sure you uh, take advantage of that. All right. Now back to the action. Um, this is green Bay's uh, first offensive play. We're going to show here. They come out in 11 gun doubles, strong, right? Z motion to trips duo, right? I think this is duo. Some people would say it's zone. I personally believe it's duo because one of the things that's, that's described as duo is vertical, uh, vertical, aggressive downfield blocking, right? And you're looking to maximize double teams on your way downfield. Very similar to zone blocking, but it's a little more. It, it, some people refer to it as vertical power, right? With power, you would have a guard pull over a gap. There's no one skipping over a gap. They're simply blocking to the next level as if it was power, like you're trying to get to that next level. But breaking it down, 11 gun. I want to do this for the new listeners in case someone uh, has never uh, watched the show and don't understand what we mean by 11. It's one running back, one tied in. Okay. We're in a shotgun set, obviously. So it's 11 gun doubles, strong right. Your tight ends on the right side of the field. We're going Z motion to trips. Okay. So Cobby's going to motion over here and he's going to set up shop here and that completes your trips formation. Okay. So you got kind of a nub look over here with the tight end after motion. So Z motion to trips, and it's going to be duo right. Now, I point all that out because I want you to watch how they, they're setting things up the entire game. All right, here's the duo right. Now, look look how the look how the offensive linemen are downfield, right, and the tight ends downfield. That's what you call vertical power, okay? That's why I personally think it is a duo play. Now, one thing I want you to key in on, I know the Bears fans were gloating saying they got a great tight end, right? Look at our boy Bob Tunyon. That's the tight end they signed this offseason. I want you to keep that in mind with their running game. He is not a good run blocker, gang. He is not a good run blocker, okay? Look at him. I want you to really key in on him on this play and watch how Tunyon completely whiffs here. He gets out here. He, he blocks no one, absolutely no one. He's lost, right? So keep that in mind this Sunday. He's going to be asked to block from time to time. Now, they'll have Mercedes Lewis as well, who is a phenomenal blocker, but I wanted to point that out. But when you run this duo play, right, you're showing them duo now, okay, off of motion, off a of pre-snap shift, I should say. If Tunyon, if Tunyon blocks this guy right here, if he gets out here and he plays aggressive and he blocks his guy right here and seals him off, right, seals him off to where he can't get outside, think of the room that Aaron Jones has out here on the outside. But he doesn't do it, right? And Aaron Jones, as always – turning, you know, nothing into something. Beautiful play. I want to show how they set up the running game, okay? They attacked with duo right there, right? It's important to understand the different, the multifacets, right, of how they how they attacked in the running game. Again, watch Tunyon on the left side of your screen here from the end zone copy. This is set up so beautiful. If he seals off 53, you got Zach Tom out front. I'm telling you, Zach Tom puts that safety's pud in the mud, and, and Aaron Jones is off to the races. I point that out. Not to be overly negative, but to simply say we left so many so many plays on the field last year, and this is what Aaron Rodgers was talking about about how we need to simplify things. Bob Tunyon, that play was too complex for Bob Tunyon. 
He didn't know who his blocking assignment was, right? Now, some people were saying he should know it. He should be able to do that. I agree. But shoulda, coulda, woulda. If someone's not capable of doing it, then you might want to simplify it a bit, right? But, again, missed out on a big opportunity there, and we still won the game. All right, next play. We're going to go 11-gun double, strong left, shift to bunch, nasty, Z-Jet. Okay, nasty X, I should say. Let's take a second and talk about what nasty means. You guys have heard me talk about it. Nasty is an alignment, all right? Nasty is an alignment that Sean McVay really made popular with the L.A. Rams, and then, of course, LaFleur brought it over. Anytime a receiver that's typically by himself on one side of the field lines up inside of the numbers, see the numbers? I draw a straight line through the numbers, okay? He's lined up on the inside of the numbers. That's what we call a nasty split, okay? And then, you know, so bunch, X nasty, X is lined up in nasty, but also look at the bunch formation at the bottom. When you look at the bunch formation, where are they lined up, right? Obviously, Tunyon is shifting over to a bunch set. This is bunch, nasty, X, okay? Why is it nasty on that side as well? There's your numbers. Everyone's lined up on the inside. Now, that puts the defense in a vulnerable situation because you're working inside out, right? And the Packers love to run some concepts. I don't, I don't know if they do it specifically on this play because, well, they don't. It's a Z-Jet. They like to run routes like this, right? And when you're working inside out, you get these defenders to commit inside and the safety to suck up, then you've got open space on the outside. It's just – it's almost like you're forcing the defense to play left-handed. These corners, they want to be way out here, man, right? And they want to funnel things back inside. Well, when you start inside, you can you can still go inside. Heck, you could even throw a little double move, right, and get back inside. It's just – it makes the defense – it puts them in a very vulnerable situation. But, again, that's what nasty means. When you hear nasty in the play call, it means someone is lining up on the inside of the numbers when, uh, you know, normally they'd be out here. Like your ex would typically want to, you know, stretch the field. And some people would say, why would you not want that extra space? You don't need that much space. You would rather put the defense in a vulnerable position from time to time, not always, right? And, again, so just wanted to point that out. That's what nasty X means. X is in a nasty split. All right, Z-Jet. Here's your Z, right? And it's Christian Watson. He's at the bottom. So we're going to run a, a Z jet. So we're already compiling information with the motion. You had Tunyon over here. You motion Tunyon over to the bunch. Notice this backer right here. That backer's following him. That would suggest you're in man coverage, right? Well, this is set up freaking beautifully. Why is that? He is man up on Christian Watson. Now you're going to go Z motion. You got the information you needed. I guarantee you if he didn't follow him over – Aaron probably would have canned to a run and play. Just about guarantee he would have canned to a run and play because the hat count would have suggested if this linebacker right here stayed over here, you would have the hat count on the right side. And what you would want to do is take advantage of it with a run to the right. Okay. But instead, the backer follows him over. It bunches up the hat count. The Z motion or the Z jet stays on. And with the Z jet, it's Christian Watson. And you guys know how this ends. It's off to the races, baby. So you get the hat count now. Look at the opposite side of the field. Look at the opposite side, right? Here we go, Z motion. Here's your jet sweep. Bang. Look at the defense, guys. And the guy that's man coverage on him, good freaking luck, dude. Good luck catching up to Christian Watson. You got Sammy already setting up for the run, right? Beautiful play. Sammy does a good job peeling back off, blocking that guy. The corner didn't know whether to crap or go blind, so he closed one eye and farted, and you ain't catching Christian Watson on that play. 
I want you to look at the end zone copy. This is where it gets really, really nice. I love that celebration, man. That, that's one of the best pictures ever, if you've ever seen it, of Christian Watson soaring through the air and the Bears fans just absolutely devastated in the crowd behind them. There you go. You see the backer follow the tight end over, right? We're now in this bunch nasty X. Here comes Christian Watson. 39 is, I mean, he's lost from the get-go. Right here is what I want you to key in on. Look where all the defenders' eyes are, guys. Now, again, we ran that duo play, right? We've run a, a bunch of zone at, at this point in the game. But look at these guys. Looking outside, looking outside, looking at the running back, right? Look, trying to get to the running back. Look at this guy bending in. Look at this guy where his eyes are, right? Right here. The only person that's keying on Christian Watson is the guy who's in man coverage. That's it. Even the safety right here. Look at his, look at his body lean. The entire defense was completely fooled with this play. And it's all because they set it up throughout the course of the game, running duo, running inside zone, running outside zone, getting those different looks. I guarantee you early in the game, that guy did not follow him over. So what happened? I guarantee you Iberflus changed up his game, not his game plan, but changed up his play call. All right, let's go to man coverage. Let's make sure we don't get uh, off on our hat count, stay in zone, and then get the ball ran down our throat. Well, they go to man coverage to match the hat count, and now you've got Christian Watson who's just – Way better than the than the Bears defense on the field. And again, Sammy Watkins knows exactly what to do there. A little chip block. And Christian Watson's off the races. All right. So huge play there. Again, now a lot of people see this and they go, Clayton, this sucks, man. I wish he hadn't shown that. Christian Watson's out for Sunday's game. He is. But I'm going to tell you something, guys. Jaden Reed, okay. Jaden Reed can do what Christian Watson just did. He's not as fast as Christian Watson. Don't, don't flip the script here. Don't. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not suggesting that Jaden Reed has stride length and is as fast as Christian Watson. But on that play right there, with how the defense reacted to the motion, to everything pre-snap that set that play up, okay, everything they did, Jaden Reed can do, and it would have the same exact effect, okay? That's why it's important to understand that, right? Um, so Jaden Reed could be that guy today or tomorrow, I'm sorry. I'll tell you another one. If we were to roll that tape back, let me do this. I, I probably shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it anyway, real quick, and then we'll come right back to this next play. Because I just want to, I want to point something out when you're talking about Christian Watson not being in this game. I'm as upset and devastated as anyone, right, about him not being in, in you know, playing. I want you to imagine this real quick. All right, play along with me for just a second. Tunyon's gone, right? Imagine this being Josiah Aguara. Okay, that's Josiah Aguara. Imagine that. All right. Imagine out here is actually Luke Musgrave. Okay. Luke Musgrave can do this. Jaden Reed can do this. Right. Again, they're not as fast as Christian Watson. They don't have the stride. Well, Musgrave might have the stride length that, that Watson has. But you could put DeGuara there in place of Tunyon, and you can have Musgrave out here. Or you can have this be Musgrave and this be Jaden Reed. Right. So imagine, let's paint a picture. Jaden Reed, right? Romeo Dobbs is your ex. And then either Samori Torre or um, our boy uh, Dontavian Wicks or even Malik Heath. Heck, imagine this. Imagine Malik Heath up here with the way he blocked in the preseason. Malik Heath is a rookie, right? I don't have high expectations for him, although he far, you know, far, ex, you know, uh, he, he blew the expectations out of the water in preseason. There's no doubt about it. But one thing I know Malik Heath can do, as good as Sammy Watkins or any other player on our roster as far as a receiver standpoint, is block. That dude is willing to block. Matt LaFleur's called him a goon. The guy, he's willing to get down and dirty and do 
the little things like that in the blocking game. I wouldn't mind having him up there at X, right? So if that's the case, you're coming through it, coming to it from a couple of different perspectives here. Do you want to show 11 personnel or do you want to show 12 personnel, right? If you want to do this out of 11 personnel like we did right here in the 11 gun, then what you're probably going to have is imagine Malik Heath, imagine Romeo Dobbs, imagine Jaden Reed, and this is Luke Musgrave. There's your 11 personnel. If you want to do it out of 12 personnel, right, then that is Malik Heath. Or let's say let's say that's Romeo Dobbs in this case. Case right here would be um, Jaden Reed. Okay, this would be Josiah Aguara, and this right here would be Luke Musgrave. Now you're doing it out of twelve look. Now the problem with the twelve look, it's going to trigger their base defense, their base four three four down lineman three linebackers, which plays to the run a little bit better. If you still do it out of eleven personnel, which Josiah Aguara can do anything that Tunyon did on this play, there's no doubt in my mind. If you were to play it from that perspective, you force them into a nickel. And I feel like that's probably the safer bet. So you may still see quite a bit of 11 personnel, even though Christian Watson's out. So, again, just wanted to show that real quick. I want to go back and, and do that. I apologize. I'm going to go ahead and fast forward it right back so we don't have to watch it again. If I can get it, get it rolling here. But I thought that was uh, worth mentioning that with Christian Watson being out of the game, yes, it sucks. Yes, we're missing our best receiver. I believe Christian Watson is hands down our best receiver. But at the same time, with the way that play call was designed, I think Jaden Reed or Luke Musgrave could have a similar, if not the same result in that situation because it was all about getting the defense to bite on the run to the running back as opposed to the jet sweep. All right, next play. Um, let's see here. Let's go 11-gun double, strong right, stack left, flyer, fake jet, weak stretch. Okay, this is a really cool play. This goes hand-in-hand with what we talked about. I think this is the A.J. Dillon touchdown run, okay? It's like a 21-yard touchdown run. Think of everything we just set up for you, right? The duo before, the zone before, all that all that running play that set up the jet sweep, okay? So now in their mind, they're thinking jet sweep, right? We've got to, we've got to honor the jet sweep. We've got to focus on that, okay? Let's talk about what the play is. First of all, 11, running back. Tied in, there's your 11 personnel. You're in a gun set. you got doubles, strong right. The tight end's on the right side of the field. Stack left is real simple. You've got your receivers stacked. You could call this nasty. They're right along the numbers, right? It's kind of that same nasty look. But they're stacked left, uh, kind of uh, less than a yard apart and stacked on top of one another. And then you've got flyer, fake jet, weak stretch. So keep in mind that Christian Watson reverse play. He is the flyer here. Now, some people would refer to him as the X, right? Some people would say he's the X. He's the farthest receiver away from the tight end side. Well, 99% of the time, the X is, uh, is actually referred to as the receiver opposite the tight end that's on the line of scrimmage. That would be Sammy Watkins in this case. Okay, if that's the case, that makes this guy at the bottom the Z. So what does that make Christian Watson? This is what I talk about when people say Jaden Reed's going to play, quote-unquote, the slot, the slot, the slot. This is what Matt LaFleur was talking about about their F receiver, their flyer. Some people refer to it as flyer. I think, personally, Christian Watson is playing flyer right here. really doesn't matter that much, but I just want to point that out. So we're going to go flyer, fake, jet. We're going to show the jet motion, and you can bet your rear end. This entire defensive side right now is worried about that jet motion, guys. They are terrified of that jet motion now. They've got to honor it, right? So look at what Green Bay does. We come out. We're going to run this jet motion. We're going to fake it to him, and then we're going weak stretch. So the weak side of the formation, right, we're going to run an outside zone play. Um, you, 
some people could refer to this as kind of an outside duo. I don't think outside duo exists, but this is where the water is getting muddy. I know it's an outside design play, right? And they're going weak stretch because they're looking to get this defense all moving in this direction because of our boy Christian Watson on this jet action, right? This flyer fake jet. So let's roll the tape. I want you to watch the defense here. All right. So here's here's the signal. There's your fake jet. Look, a little fake touch pass. Look at the defense, guys. Look at everybody. This guy right here, look where he's facing, right? This guy's looking down. This guy's starting to realize it, but he's going to be so far away from the play, it ain't even going to help, right? And your safeties, obviously two safeties on the shelf. That doesn't help him in the running game. You've got the hat count. You've got the pre-snap manipulation. Everything is in your favor. Now it's just a matter of getting to your spots and blocking. We're going to hand it off to A.J. Dillon. Look at that right there, guys. You, you're not going to draw up a better look in the running game than this right here. Look at these guys. Sammy's set up for the block. Myers does a good job getting out to the next level. Look at the outside edge, how it is sealed for this stretch play. And stretch is just another term for outside outside zone. You say stretch play when it might be a gap, uh, a gap run blocking scheme and not necessarily a zone blocking scheme. You hear outside zone, but outside zone is a stretch run. You're stretching it to the outside of the tackles, right? That's that's all that means. So you don't get too caught up in the lingo there. But again, look at this, this lane you're looking to create for A.J. Dillon right here. That's freaking beautiful. That's like Lombardi, right? What you're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and run the thing in the alley, right? There it is. Look at him set up. Now, of course, Josh Myers completely whiffs. People wonder why he had a bad run blocking grade. He is not a good run blocker at all. But look at A.J. Dillon turn on the turn on the Jets here, a little baby stiff arm, gets to the pylon touchdown. Guys, that play does not happen if you don't hit home on that Christian Watson jet reverse. The jet reverse does not happen if you don't hammer home on the duo and the inside zone runs. Everything works hand-in-hand together. Everything needs to look the same where the defense can't read it pre-snap, right? It's it's the illusion of complexity, and all it is is simplicity as far as the play design. That's a simple outside stretch. That's a stretch left run. That's all that is, all right? That's all it is. All right, let's move on to the next play. I think this is the touchdown pass. Yes, this is the touchdown pass to Christian Watson. And I wanted to point this out because people are, you know, simply sitting back and saying, hey, you know, do you do you think uh, Jordan Love can play at the level of Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers? And, you know, that's what's really going to hinder this team. I want you to watch this play and tell me if you think Jordan Love can make this play. And I want you to be honest about it. I think he can, but at the same time, it's the subtle things that Aaron Rodgers did over the years, and he does right here, even with a broken thumb, resetting the pocket and being able to create a second a second uh, opportunity to throw a pass when everything was covered up. I mean, everything was covered up. So what we're going to run here is 11 gun, nub left, trips right, T strong, flat seven, post choice, snag fade. I put fade in parentheses because this looks like it was a snag call, a snag concept. And with a snag concept, it's really, really simple. Let, let's start it off, first of all. Let's let's just go through this. Your 11 gun, you know what that means, right? Your nub left, your tight end is up here by himself on the left side, okay? You got your T strong, which means your running back, your T back is on the same side as your tight end. They're going to run a flat seven, okay, which is basically a corner, which is the seven route, and a flat underneath it, okay? So that's going to be a flat seven on that side of the field. You're going to have post choice, which is basically Christian Watson right here. Again, he's gonna he's kind of playing F right here, guys. This is your slot, right? You've got your boundary guy. You've got your slot. 
This will be your bound. This will be, I'm sorry, not your boundary, but your outside receiver. This will be your X. This will be F and this will be slot in my opinion. Okay. So you've got your nub tied in on the left side. They love, they love these trip sets in green Bay. And I do too. I think they're absolutely awesome. So with the post choice, it's basically going to be a choice route for Christian Watson. He's going to read this thing and he's trying to work the scene for a couple of different reasons. He wants to get open to catch a touchdown, no doubt about it, right? And what he's trying to do is cause conflict for this safety right here, okay? So keep that in mind. Now, the snag, a typical snag is when you go an underneath route, right? And you've got an over-the-top route. But on this one, you'll see, I'm going to roll it forward just a touch. Look at Torre. See him grab his mask right there? I personally think, you know, yeah, he's adjusting it, but I think what they're doing here is they're saying, okay, you really don't have time to go deep. You're going to run out of field. So he's just going to simply focus on running kind of a fade route. It's not even really a fade. He's going to just go straight to the corner of the end zone, okay? So, again, post-choice, this is a choice route by Christian Watson. He's going to read the defense. He wants to get behind the backers, and he's going to read the safety. And you'll notice it's not there. The safety is going to bite over, clamp down on Christian Watson really nice. So you've got your underneath route, and then you've got your over-the-top route in the fade as far as the snag concept, okay? So as we roll it forward, keying on Christian Watson, Rodgers looks left. What's he see on the left side? He sees three defenders on two receivers. You know how we always talk about you want to stay plus one? The Bears did a good job. One, there's actually two guys here. And on the offensive side of the ball, there's only two receivers on that side. Okay, so you're playing plus one. Beautiful, right? Over here, you're playing kind of that box approach that we talk about. You've got three receivers, right? And how many defenders do you have? You've got four defenders. Guys, this was a good play call. This was a good defensive play call. And these are the things that if if Jordan Love can do this, what Aaron Rodgers has done over the years, just this little subtle thing, I want you to key in on Aaron Rodgers in the pocket. Watch him reset the pocket. There is nothing open, guys. And I'm telling you, there's there's so many times last year people were going, he just won't throw to the open receiver. He won't throw across the middle. He won't do the – watch him right there. There is nobody open. Watch him reset the pocket. Right here, little back step. Little jab, resets the pocket, and look at our boy Christian Watson playing like a freaking veteran. He realized real quick that seam is not going to be there because they've got inside technique. That's covered up. Got two guys underneath. Rodgers is crap out of luck, right? I'm going to roll it back just a touch. Watch Christian Watson the entire time, okay? Really key in on Christian Watson right here in that flyer position, all right? I'm going to pause it. He's got to get over the linebacker. Backer does a good job rerouting him. Right here, there's nothing. The safety is there, right? So watch Christian. He he finds the eyes of his quarterback. He knows he has nothing. And watch him break off this route. Aaron does an excellent job putting it way down here. I mean, way down here in this area, away from the defender where only the receiver can catch the ball. Beautiful play. Touchdown. Guys, that's off script. That is off script. Aaron went through read one, two, three, four, reset the pocket, locks on to Christian Watson, and then Christian Watson does a great job in the scramble drill and getting open. Watch Christian from this angle right here, and you'll be able to see Aaron reset the pocket again. I think Jordan can do this. This is why I brung this up. I think Jordan Love can do this. One, two, three, four, bang, reset the pocket, put it where only the receiver can get it, six points. Great coverage, completely busted play, but because Aaron Rodgers was patient, and Christian Watson found his quarterback. He First of all, he read the defense. 
He read the defense and realized, okay, it's not going to be there and broke off his route with a scramble drill. It's why you've seen Christian Watson earn the trust of Aaron Rodgers toward the end of the year, right? It's absolutely huge. So that's all I got as far as the chalk talk. All right. Now let's go to the chat real quick. I know it's been lighting up. I apologize. I've neglected y'all. I just want to give a shout out to everybody because uh, we, uh, like I said, we uh, wanted to get into a little bit of nerding out with some chalk talk. But um, let's see who we got in the chat. We got Mike Hebring. We got Dakota. We got Love. HOF, I love that, man. The angry casual fan in the house. Number one Packers fan, Emilio in the house. Love it, love it, love it. One more night. You got it, Emilio, dude. We're almost there. We're almost there. We got college football day, dude. College football day? Come on, man. Let's get it. Uh, let's see. Uh, William King in the in the house. All right. We got, uh, let's see who else. Ian dropping by. Okay. Let's see here. Um, let's see this, man. Let, let's, I don't even, I probably should read it before I post it, but I'm going to read it anyway. Ian said, just got done watching a bears beat writer give game keys. He said, run ball, stop the run. Don't turn the ball over and tackle. No crap, Sherlock. <laughs> Thank you for real football analysis. You know, Ian, I understand exactly what you're saying, but there's a lot of truth in what he said too, man. You know, football can be a very simple game and it's all about winning the turnover differential, right? Controlling the middle eight, winning the turnover differential, and, and really not losing the game. Many of those close games, that's what it comes down to. And, uh, you know, what he said, though, stop, you know, run the ball. They better run the ball because I'm telling you, Justin Fields hasn't shown me anything yet, guys, in the passing game. And you guys know I haven't been as critical of him as most people. Um, but when I look at the tape from the preseason, his passing game does not look like it's improved. It doesn't. Now, it's not to say he may come out Sunday. He may come out tomorrow, dude, and light it on fire. That may happen. You know, any given Sunday, anything can happen. I just haven't seen it yet, right? Stop the run. That needs to be their key focus. Um, if Let's put ourselves in the Bears' shoes for a second, okay, and the Bears' fans. What, what would you think would be the keys to that game? If I was playing against a brand-new starting quarterback, and we don't know what we have there, they're missing their number one target, you can bet your rear end. I'd be saying load the box, don't let them run the ball, and make them beat us with those secondary receivers, right? And if they beat us, they beat us. Now, from Green Bay's perspective, it's very similar because we don't think – we don't respect Justin Fields' ability to dissect the passing game. Guys, he's got a strong arm. He's been accurate from time to time, but it's the decision-making that's screwing him up. And that's the thing that's impressed me about Jordan Love this preseason is his decision-making, Right? And, and people say, well, preseason doesn't matter. I got you. Well, it, it, if, it, if it doesn't matter for one, it can't matter for all. I think it matters. I trust Michael Lombardi and other people who have been around the game. They said anyone who says the preseason doesn't matter are casual fans. That's what Lombardi said when he got ripped for it, but he meant it. Like, if you think for a second that this preseason doesn't matter and what they're working on, what they're trying to accomplish, and, and not only that, the, just the the commonalities that that travel with a team through the regular season that you've seen pop on tape in the preseason. What's one thing that popped on tape for the preseason for the Packers? You heard about it in training camp too, right? It's bad snaps. I'm just saying. We, you know, let's hope that doesn't carry into the regular season. Let's hope that gets fixed. But uh, yeah, that's that's funny though, Ian. And do I love that you guys are going out and watching uh, you know, Bears, uh, Bears podcasters, listening to Bears podcasters, and watching Bears YouTube channels, guys. That's the only way you learn. And when you go in there, don't be disrespectful, man. Like, you know, if if a Bears fan hopped into this chat and they get rude, they're getting kicked out. Period. Case closed. I ain't even, I ain't even dealing with it, man. 
if a Bears fan got in here and was being respectful and giving their opinion and we were having a conversation back and forth, dude, you're welcome in here. You kidding me? That's how we learn. They love their team just like we love the Packers. And and I'll, I'll be the first to say I have a lot of respect for Bears. I do. That's just me personally. Vikings, I could care less about. The Vikings fans that I've experienced are absolute trash. Bears fans outside of Twitter, they respect the rivalry. They respect Green Bay. The same way that George Howlis respected Curly Lambeau, Curly Lambeau respected George Howlis. So, anyway. Love it, love it. Let's see here. Uh, all right, we got to keep moving. Emilio said, Clayton, you killed that ad read, man. It sure didn't feel like it. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable with that stuff. But, but we definitely uh, appreciate the support that uh, that Old Southern uh, provides for us, for sure. Let's see. Let's see. Did he say Tunyon and Lewis are going to be out there Sunday? I don't know. I don't know if you're asking me or not. Um, yeah. Milio commented and said, yeah, I think Lewis was uh, just on veteran rest this week. Matter of fact, I think I got it right here, guys. I'll pull it up real quick for you. Um, I think I got the injury report. Yeah, here we go. Let me get that comment off um, real quick. Okay, so, yeah, um, as far as the Chicago Bears, uh, if, if that's what you're asking about their injury report, uh, Jaquan Brisker, full participation. He's been running that mouth this week. We'll see if he can back it up. Dylan Cole is questionable. He's a linebacker. Nate Davis full participation, Eddie Jackson, full participation, Mercedes Lewis, full participation, and Demarcus Walker, full participation. So, yeah, I think their starting tight ends guy is going to be Cole Komet and Mercedes Lewis with a little bit of Tunyon sprinkled in too, you know. Now, their tight end room is a little bit different than ours. I'm not saying it's better, but what I am saying is they've got more experience, so they may lean on a little 13 look from time to time. If they come out and run a 13 personnel and we come out in a 34 and Mercedes Lewis might as well be an extra offensive lineman, and you really got to load that box, right? That's one way they may try to attack the Packers for sure. All right, let's see here. Going back through. Just want to make sure I didn't miss anybody. Dave C. in the house. Doug, all you guys. Hey, I appreciate everybody um, dropping by. And let's see here. Cheesehead Murph, uh, loyal uh, YouTube member here, member of the, the uh, uh, PTA posse says exactly Clayton Vikings have urinal pad a Packers emblems the urinate on mutual feeling Clayton yeah Vikings fans that I've uh man that I've experienced has just been bad I've got a nephew who's a Vikings fan too when I tell people that they're like how do you not disown him um it's a little bit different like with with Sam what he what happened with him was he had uh diabetes and uh and um some health issues when he was really young. So he spent a lot of time at the children's hospital in Minneapolis. So one of his first memories of football is uh, it was actually uh, Minnesota Vikings fans coming to the hospital to visit him. So he became a Minnesota Vikings fan right off the bat. And of course, as soon as he gets old enough to realize uncle Clayton's a Packers fan, we've had a lot of fun with it, but he loves football, love following him around right now, watching him play high school football. He actually plays a uh, tight end big boy. A lot of fun to watch. Other night I said sophomore. Mandy was watching the show. Mandy said, Clayton, he's a junior. Get it right. I thought he was a sophomore. He's a junior. I'm an idiot. She's the brains of the house. That's just the way that works for sure. All right, we're going to end it with this. Um, Doug says, the Packers D needs a statement game showing they can neutralize a run first quarterback. Absolutely. You got to come out and shut him down. Make him beat you with the pass, man. Make him beat you with the pass. I'm okay. If Justin Fields comes out and lights it up in the passing game and he beats us, hey, you know what? It is what it is. But if we come out and let him just continually run the ball down our throat, that's going to bother me. And that's why I differ from I – don't, I don't know if most Packer fans is the right way to word it or put it, 
But there's a lot of Packer fans that are saying, let's play man coverage. You do not want to play man coverage against a mobile quarterback, guys. Oh, my God. It makes you so vulnerable to the quarterback scrambling. It's not even funny. With your DBs and their backs being turned, this is the game to play zone coverage. Keep everything in front of you. And, uh, again, shut down the run. Load the box. Play a lot of that spinner, right, That's, that we just showed earlier, that cover three spinner. Show a quarter's look. As soon as the ball snap, bring the safety into the box. Keep fields contained. Make him beat you with your arm. I think that's the way to play this game. So, all right, I've rambled enough. I'm going to get out of here, guys. I plan on going 30 minutes. We're an hour and eight minutes in. I really appreciate everybody hanging out with us here on this Saturday afternoon. Enjoy college football today. Listen, guys, get rested up. Big game tomorrow. Get rested up. It's going to what kick off 325 Central Time, uh, 425 my time. As soon as the game's over, we're doing a Packers Total Access post-game show. Very first regular season post-game show of the year. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Also, um, if you become a YouTube member, um, the cutoff is midnight tonight, okay? So all the YouTube members, if you want to enter yourself into this drawing, make sure you're a YouTube member by the end of the night, okay? By midnight, when I get up in the morning, I'm going to add everyone's name into the contest. So basically everyone who's a member of the PTA Posse YouTube members uh, group, um, you're going to get entered into a drawing to win this jersey right here, autographed Lucas Van Ness jersey. And we're going to give that away. We're going to spin the wheel live on the postgame show to see who wins that for sure. So um, make sure you get those in. And, again, I want to thank everybody for supporting us. Um, really, really, really appreciate everything that uh, that you guys do, man. It's been awesome connecting with y'all. And, and these chalk talks are going to be fun all year long, man. I'm going to try to pump them out as soon as the game's over, like, you know, within the next 24 to 48 hours. It may be TV copies. I'm going to prioritize getting the chalk talk episodes out quicker as opposed to waiting on the all 22, because I think 90% of the stuff you need to see, you can actually see on the TV copies. So again, thanks everybody in the chat. Really appreciate you. Y'all have a great day. Stay safe out there. If you're, uh, if you're uh, eating good food and drinking a little bit, um, make sure you be careful, but enjoy college football. And we got Packers football tomorrow. So thank you all for hanging out. For those of you on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Go Pack Go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Double tackle. Defensive end. If he's over, if he's back, he drives down the first man to his inside. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside the offense. Exactly. No one shows. Go right by them and feel this back. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, that's inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the